Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Weekly Waffle. My name's Joe Smart. So this week I'm going to be waffling on around NLP. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I had a great experience last week. I was uh, wandering around um, with the kids, as I often do, sort of, you know, going swimming, coming back from swimming, something like that. And we popped into a charity shop just to have a look around. I, I love looking in charity shops because you've just got no idea what you're going to find. And it almost feels like a bit like a privilege to um, see other people's treasures, you know, something that they once had, they then donated to charity. And I always head straight for the books. I just love books. And I love, and on, on this bookshelf, I found a fantastic number of um, books around coaching and leadership and NLP and others. And I pretty much bought the bookshelf. <laughs> I don't think that what the, the woman thought I was doing, but I just kind of walked out of a stack of books. And it was it was yeah, brilliant. And it, it, what it, what I kind of imagined that someone somewhere um, gave these books because you know for whatever reason they didn't need them. But I feel like almost honoured that I get to read them again and take the same lessons from them. And one of the bit, books I picked up was a book called The NLP Coach by someone called Ian McDermott and Wendy Django, who are both still active on LinkedIn and look like they're putting some great content out. So well worth having a, a link in with them if you're interested in some of the things I want to talk about today. And as I started reading this book, and I kind of, I love these books, I just dive straight back in. I really kind of re- remember to me how much I've internalized NLP and how I use it every day to the point that sometimes I don't even realize that's what I'm doing, but actually it is still an NLP technique. So what I thought I'd do today is just share a couple of my favorite NLP techniques, just to, if something you've not come across before, that's something maybe you want to look a bit more into. And if it is something you're aware of or qualified in, then something maybe just have a refresh and just have a think about how maybe you've internalized it so much that you don't think about it anymore. So NLP, for people who've not come across it before, stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And it's basically it's the study of human excellence and makes uh, a body of evidence available about how human beings go around experiencing excellence. This all began back in the 1970s when Richard Bandler and John Grinder, both who at USC in America, both became fascinated with models and behaviours, and they really started to look at what made excellent people excellent. You know, what did they do? How did they do it? Not what they were doing, but how they did what they were going to do. And this kind of study of excellence led them to pulling together lots of different areas of things they look at and things, techniques that they kind of brew forward. It's a fantastic area to look at. One of my favorite ones, I'm not going to go into too much detail today because it's quite hard to do on a podcast format, but is where you're, is looking at where your eyes look to access different parts of your brain. So if you're looking sort of top left, you're thinking of one thing. If you're looking top right, you're thinking of something else. And by knowing those cues and being able to recognize those, you can really sort of help communicate with people in the style they want to be communicated in. And all the work I've done, I've often found that if I want to tell someone or talk to someone about something, if I say it in a way that makes sense to that person, then I often get the best results. An example would be if someone's a visual person and I sort of say, let me paint you a picture, let me lay this out for you, let me um, give you an insight into what's going to be happening, very much speaking their language. If they're an audio audio person, I said, let me let me tell you how this sounds. Um, How does this sound to you? This, uh, you know, this I can I can hear it. I can see it. what, What does this sound like to you kind of going forward? And for people who's more kinesthetic, you say, let me tell you, explain, let me explain how I feel about this. How do you feel about this? This is what it's going to do. This is how it's going to make people move. This is how it's going to make people feel. And often, even if the message isn't something that people want to hear, or it's a difficult message, giving it to them, talking in the way that people want to be talk, spoken to in terms of their audio 
so in terms of their learning style um it very much helps them kind of meet you on the halfway sort of page rather than sort of them resisting you on that level as well as something else so NLP is a fascinating field of study and it's something I'd really sort of recommend if you've not heard before just picking up a book or even checking out this NLP coach book it's, it's really really good so the first one I wanted to talk to you about today is called anchors so anchors are something that um, when you need to access a, a really good state you can anchor that state so you can quickly recall it and for me, the master of this is Dokovic. If you ever see Dokovic, the tennis player, play at Wimbledon or anything else, he can have the paint that, you know, the points are going against him. He's not having a great run of luck. And you can almost see him reset himself. And then he, when he's back up to that next point, or maybe even seconds later, his next point is completely different. He doesn't get lost in the moment. He just resets himself, comes back to that perfect state and then goes again. And I think if you see a lot of great sports people, they have that ability, no matter what's happening in the game, just to get back into that state again. I've talked, spoken about David Beckham and other things again, but just that ability, just at that moment to reset yourself. So how do I use this? So so anchoring is where you take a time when you feel really confident, really good, um, where you feel like you're alive, that everything's flowing, and you basically anchor that into your um, physicality so you can access it at any time. And where I use this is often each month, I, as part of my role, I induct between 150 to 200 people a month and I get to stand up in front of them and I talk about trust and kindness and compassion and leadership and organizational development and welcome them into the organization. And some days that is an absolute gift. You know, the sun's shining, the birds are singing, I'm feeling great, I just float in. It's perfect. Other days, it's not so perfect. And I'm, you know, I'm up against it, there's deadlines pressures you know you're kind of under under the cosh but you still need to go into that room and turn it on and be in the exact right state to work on those people in and so the way i do it and i learned this from um speak i uh, had a uh, an interactive workshop with uh, the tony robbins who's a big sort of name in in coaching and personal development a big nlp practitioner as well and what we you know working with with him we kind of developed a way of me finding my best state and then anchoring myself to it so whenever i need to access that kind of i'm a, i'm in the moment i'm here i'm here for these people i'm here to serve i'm ready to give i'm here to welcome everything else can wait I go through a little set routine, which is often taking a couple of deep breaths and then um, punching my fists together uh, just to get the shock through the body and sort of reset myself. And then I can sort of put a big smile on my face, go into the room and, I, and I'm there. Like I've got no good care in the world. All I'm there to do is really speak to those people. And so anchors are one of those things you can really, if you sort of interest in that thing, it's really, really helpful. And I use it a lot in um, sports as well. So if I'm in a situation where maybe a point's gone against me or something's gone wrong, by using anchoring, you can really take that deep breath, sort of reset again and get ready to go again. So the second one I use, that I use quite a lot, and I've, I've forgotten how much I use this until I read the book again, is around framing. So if you think of a picture like a horse or something similar, if you put one frame around it, it can look very old fashioned, very outdated. Put another picture frame around it, it can look really modern. But the picture hasn't changed, it's just the frame that's changed. So framing, we think that's for situations. Framing is about looking at a situation but changing the context within it. So an example might be you've missed the bus and now you've got to walk. One frame could be this always happens to me, this is rubbish, what a rubbish start to my day. I knew I was going to have a bad day today. I'm going to be late, everyone's going to be cross. Ah, oh, now I've got to walk. Ah, oh, this is just the worst start to my day ever. 
the exact same thing can happen. You could reframe it and go, oh, I've wanted to get my steps in anyway. And I've actually, I get to listen to this podcast now. Bit of exercise, bit of, I might be a few minutes late, but I'll message ahead and make sure everyone knows where I am. And actually, you know, it's a good start to the day. You get the energy, you get the exercise. We've talked about on previous podcasts about the, you know, getting the blood flowing and the deep breaths and the brain activated. And actually, you might have a great day. Now, nothing's changed there in those situations. You still miss the bus and you still need to walk to work. But the difference is on one walk to work, you're just winding yourself up. It's getting worse and worse day. And you just, you know, you arrive at the, the workplace and you're in a bad mood and, you know, things happen. <laughs> Maybe a self-fulfilling prophecy and it goes goes the way you think it's going to go. And if you look at it the other way, maybe you arrive, yes, you are a bit late, but everyone knows you're a bit, why you're a bit late. Um, but you've listened to the podcast or you've, you know, listened to some music, you've got some fresh air, you're, you're feeling good. Um, you've not let it spoil your day and you come in and then you just, you know, you have a much better day. Now, nothing has changed there, but your approach to that same situation. And I find reframing brilliant in terms of OD when things have, go well and when things don't go so well, because it really allows you to have that moment to think, well, let's look at this from at least a couple of points. So is this a good thing or a bad thing? Let's look at it as if it's a good, this bad thing is a good thing. And let's look at this good thing as if it's a bad thing. And that kind of reframing means that you, you can continually look and get that extra feedback about, well, how else could we look at this? What else could this mean? Um, and there's lots of things that are happening recently, uh, you know, w- within the NHS. There's a particular one around guidance from the centre around equality, diversity, inclusion, which I, I won't go into here. But, you know, on the face of it looks um, awful and really, really bad. But if you look from a different frame, it might be the galvanisation that perhaps we need to push this this whole argument a bit further forward. So, you know, if you look at the things from multiple angles, sometimes you really get that insight. And the final one I wanted to just to share, which I find really, really helpful, is the Disney creativity strategy. So this is where um, you look at things, again, from multiple points. So if you have a, a problem or a situation or a project you're kind of working on, often you, it helps to have people tend to slot into these roles automatically, but it's helpful to almost do this internally with yourself as well. And often there's someone who's a critic, there's someone who's a dreamer, and there's someone who's a realist. And three of those people will always come to different conclusions based on what they're looking at. So, you know, the critic might always be labeled as the killjoy. The dreamer might always be labeled as the ideas person. And the realist might always be good at the delivery or the nuts and bolts kind of the the kind of doing of the thing. But what it means is that everyone can use these in different things. And I remember reading a case study of what Walt Disney did, and it's called the Disney model after him. Is that in his office, he had three chairs looked at each other in a triangle and what he used to do is have a critic chair a dreamer chair and a realist chair and so he sits in his dreamer chair and think of something you know something crazy like let's have a complete a complete land dedicated to my characters that i create which is now reality of course but back then must have seemed absolutely insane because it didn't exist and no one had a frame of reference to where to start from so that was his dream let's have a, a world where people can come and experience magic and you know it's the disney world it'd be amazing and then moves to the critic. How's it going to make money? You know, why would people come? All these kinds of questions about pull, pulling it to pieces. And then move it into the realist. You know, physically get up and move into the realist seat. And then sit there and think, well, okay, well, that's the thing. How do we actually make this happen? What land are we going to need? You know, what what kind of rides? You know, food, facilities, roads. And then you go back into the dreamer stage again. And when I've tried this in, in teams and groups... What I do is follow that model pretty much to the point. So I get people to physically get up and and move around the seats. 
because by moving you actually see a different world you know you're in a you see that maybe a different side of the table different picture in the background looking out the window whatever it is but you actually physically move and it's almost as you move the brain's an amazing thing you get to see people move from a critic to be a dreamer or maybe a realist to being a dreamer or a dreamer moving to be a realist and while it's a bit difficult for them that's not in their comfortable spot they they accept that by being putting that feedback in and giving that extra view again is really helpful to the whole project and moving things forward and so I find the Disney, if you ever got a big idea or something you want to do, I did it myself for this podcast and I've done it for other things. Having those three chairs and moving around, people might think you look a bit <laughs> a bit insane sort of moving around by yourself if there's anyone watching you. But, you know, you're, you're in a, you're, it's, it's a proven model that the best people use. And then back to NLP, it's about modeling what other great people have done and doing the same thing to get the same results, but in a different format. So... That's my weekly waffle this week. So NLP is a fantastic thing. It's worth having a look into if you've not had a look into it. And if you are qualified in it and you've you know done lots of reading, then it's well worth revisiting and just having a look at it again, maybe about how unconsciously competent you've become in that field. But any questions about NLP or anything else that you may have, I may have talked to on this podcast, please just give me a shout. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care. Bye.